Hello and welcome to the very first ever Pineapple Lounge podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Ohio State's first ever hospitality podcast. Today, I am welcomed by Abigail Linville, and she's going to talk about what she's done with the 5193 independent study class. Welcome, Abigail. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So, Abigail, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. um, So I am um, a graduating senior. I will be graduating in spring 2021 and I'm actually applying to the master's program right now. And so hopefully I'll be doing that in 2021 and graduate in 2022. So very exciting. Perfect. No, I'm so excited for you and hope everything goes well um, during your journey. So Tell me a little bit about what you've been doing with the 5193 independent study class this semester. Yeah, so originally I was heading up our um, virtual hospitality events, um, but that kind of morphed into just taking on um, filling the gap for Hospitality Listens. So Hospitality Listens is our signature event we do in the fall for um, the families in our communities who have children with autism. We give them a whole night out where we um, allow them to come and bring their children and they can feel comfortable and the parents can have a glass of wine and enjoy a nice meal that is catered and um, totally tailored to them and their needs so that everyone can enjoy. So we wanted to fill that gap of not having hospitality lessons because of this pandemic. We couldn't have any in-person events, so we wanted to do a virtual event for these families. So that kind of turned into hospitality cares. So I set out to um, take that event and completely put it onto a virtual setting. So I went out and (laughs) tried to um, think about what we could feasibly do in taking that in-person event and making it virtual. So, No, that's pretty cool and awesome. I think it's incredible what this program does for our community um, and all those families that we have helped out um, throughout the years and very excited for this upcoming event. Um, Where did you get the idea of how to set it up virtually? What kind of came about from it? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I kind of, um, just thought chronologically through the, um, hospitality listens event. So I attended and helped volunteer for our event last year. And, um, I just kind of went through every single thing, uh, that happened last year and what we did, um, chronologically, like I said, and I just thought about like what we could do and what we couldn't do. So I was like, well, we can't do food and beverage. Obviously that's going to be a little harder, but, um, we could do, um, this idea of care packages. So I wanted to send all of the families, um, a care package that would have everything they would need for a few crafts. And then also a, like make your own cookie, um, kit and, um, a make your own Play-Doh kit. So I had the idea of putting these care packages together and then the event itself would, um, be the families tuning in to, um, like a Zoom call or a Facebook live, and then they would follow along, um, with, uh, 
various people doing the craft themselves and they would follow along with instructions and visuals and then to end the event we would have a disney character read along story segment so we would have um various disney characters reading um probably picture stories children's stories um and we'd probably integrate the various clubs on campus that have um that focus on you know dressing up as disney characters so we wanted to integrate as many clubs and people into this event as possible but yeah so we wanted to give some back to these families during a pandemic where they can't normally go out and keep them safe, but still give something back to them. That's so amazing that you're able to still help out these families during this pandemic that we are going through right now. Um, What have you been learning with the planning process? Um, Any skills that you've kind of honed in on? Yeah. So I really um, learned way more than I thought I would, to be honest. I um, picked up on trying to balance everything and everyone's opinions, basically. I um, learned that there was like a lot of moving parts that uh, I was trying to balance between wanting to do everything that I had set out and planned to do and then balancing that between logistically what could actually happen and then also getting the feedback from Anne and also our Ocali um, partners, like what their input was. And that was a definitely a learning curve. And um, I learned a lot through that and trying to figure out like, you know, how to take all those different opinions and um, basically just make a cohesive plan after that because you can have a plan and make it something your own and then once you pitch it to everyone it can completely change so that was definitely a learning process and um I also um I feel like the biggest things that helped me were like finding the questions I needed to ask myself to get the ball rolling if that made any sense and helped me a lot with this too um she helped me figure out these questions and gave me questions to ask myself. And I would say the biggest questions that helped me were, um, what is the layout? Um, and like, what does the event look like? So chronologically, what components of the event need to be there to make it make sense? Um, which I know kind of sounds like a silly question, but it actually really helped me be like, okay, what do I need to start with? And then go from there. And um, that got the ball rolling for me. And then um, like, what is the theme? Cause that, like Anne says, like it, the theme helps you filter all your ideas through it to make sure that everything is cohesive and it all makes sense according to the theme. And like, so it all is cohesive. Like I said, sorry. (laughs) So, um, and then the, uh, last two questions were like, what was the purpose behind the event? Like, why are we doing it? Um, so all those questions like really helped me build the foundation of, what the event was. And I feel like those were the biggest things I learned is like having those questions in my um, uh, foundation. So then I could move on to the littler things. Yeah, I definitely agree. Having that strong foundation will give you something to build on and um, make your event possible. Mm -hmm. Um, My next question for you 
is what would you have done differently or what would you have changed um, about the planning process or your event um, in general? Um, What do you think? Yeah, so this was a little harder for me because since we weren't able to execute the event um, this semester, we had to push it back into next semester. I would say the only things I would do differently were to have multiple plans, like other than my like original plan. So like having plan B, C, D, E. (laughs) So like just having a lot of backup plans because I just didn't realize um, how much my plan was going to change from my original plan. (laughs) So I would say the biggest thing I would have like done differently was just to have a lot of backup plans and like a lot more ideas um, on the back burner of, oh, well, if this didn't work out, well, I have this idea or this didn't work out. I could also do this or whatever. So, um, but I also feel like it's hard to say that too, because going through the vetting process is sometimes the only way you're going to find those plan B's and C's and D's. So, you know, it's like very much, I mean, a learning process. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say have that backup plan no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, so what challenges did you think you faced um, during this process, big or small? Yeah. So I kind of went over this before, but um, I would say just like pulling in everyone's ideas, um, and making them a cohesive plan. And then also, um, I really honestly struggled with, um, creating a budget for this event and asked me to create a budget so that we could, um, figure out how much each item, um, would cost and like how much of the item we would need and then how much in total each care package and each kit would cost and how much um, shipping would be too as well. So um, if we were going to ship them. So um, figuring out the budget and spending the time um, doing that was, I'd say the biggest thing I struggled with. I spent over eight hours um, trying to figure out this budget and I literally went through, I'm not kidding, like three or four different Excel sheets, <laughs> like completely set up differently before I landed on like the kind of crazy mess of the one that I ended up sending Anne. But um, yeah, I would say the budget really surprised me. It took way longer than I thought it would. Um, and uh, definitely was a learning curve, but I know so much more now doing it and going through it. So yeah, I would say that was the biggest thing. It was very crazy, but it was, it was a good thing. So I am happy to have gone through it. And now I know a lot more than I did when I started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like this entire journey has been a big learning curve for you. And I'm very excited to see this event next semester and you being able to pull it off and being able to just help out those families as much as we can um, from afar. (laughs) Um, Anything else from you, Abigail, that you want to mention to the fans? (laughs) Um, I don't think so. I appreciate you taking the time to ask me all these questions, and I'm hoping that we can execute it next semester. And I'm looking forward to having a conclusion to this little escapade we've been going on (laughs) so it'll be exciting to have a conclusion to this but 
yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Abigail, for joining us. And thank you, everyone listening, for joining this episode of the Pineapple Lounge podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.